Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, before I start, it's incredibly important here that you know what you've let yourself in for. Basically, the premise is that the 1960s when Star Trek debuted was a very different time from now. Now, when I say that, I don't just mean the countless examples we have of societal values changing, that's a given, but also people's threshold for televisual morality. Star Trek was this light entertainment show about exploring the universe broadcast by a lot of networks, either during or adjacent to the kids' TV schedule. Thus, it didn't take much to breach the warp cores of most people's tolerance. What seems not that bad to us now had parents across the globe clutching their pearls and writing angry letters 60 years ago. Although, that being said, you do have to give Star Trek its due because it also managed to slip some things into the show that look absolutely horrific now. Thus, here is a lovely blend of things that are fine now but were bad then, and also things that were fine then, but very, very bad now. My name is Adam Cleary, and these are the 10 most inappropriate moments in the original Star Trek. Number 10, Kirk goes full Austin Powers, what little girls are made of. It seems that nobody can resist the tender kiss of James T. Kirk, not even a machine programmed specifically for scientific research. In an episode that's all about the difference between humanity and machines, Kirk and Nurse Christine Chapel locate Dr. Roger Corby. As it turns out, he's built a new life for himself living amongst androids, including one named Andrea. The good doctor insists that she was designed purely to assist him in his research, hence this highly practical science-y side boob number he's given her, and the fact he's really proud that he's made her skin feel realistic to the touch. Space is cold, remember? How else would you keep your d- warm? Anyway, despite not being programmed to love, that is no barrier to Kirk, who, in an attempt to overpower and scramble her circuits, lands a big old smooch on her lips. This somehow works, and she goes boy crazy, flips out, and begins a murdering rampage, so consumed is she by her newfound horn. A kid's show, apparently. Number nine, the Enterprise crew communicate with butt slaps. Charlie X. I've said it before, I will say it again, children are bad. When the Enterprise pick up Charlie here, they have no idea he is actually an all-powerful psychic trickster with no control of his emotions or social cues. After seeing one crew member playfully slap another on the ass, Charlie mistakes this for a common human greeting, so tries it out on Yeoman Janice Rand. She is, as you might expect, not thrilled. When Charlie tries to explain what happened to Captain Kirk, he can't quite find the words, so just resorts to slapping him on the ass. That is, the captain of the Enterprise 
on the ass. Number 8. Kirk threatens to spank a galactic leader, Alan of Troyes. Yeah, the horny on main energy of the original series is something you've just sort of got to learn to deal with. To recap, Starfleet officers are permitted to slap whoever's ass they like, unless that is the ass of the captain, who is the only one permitted to slap the asses of planetary rulers. Elan here, a big deal on her world, hitches a ride on the Enterprise and, surprise surprise, turns out she's an absolute nightmare. Thankfully though, Kirk is on hand to explain this to his first officer. Mr Spock, the women on your planet are logical. That's the only planet in the galaxy that can make that claim. That line has aged worse than Enterprise's visual effects. Anyway, when she then throws a major tantrum and stabs an ambassador from her own planet, women A, Kirk reacts by threatening her the only way Kirk can. If I touch you again, your glory, it'll be to administer an ancient Earth custom called a spanking. If you think that line's bad, later in the episode she gets her space kink on and literally asks Jim here to show her what one of those is. A kid's show! Number 7. Aliens force Kirk and Uhura to kiss Plato's stepchildren. While this is still one of the most famous kisses in television history, what kind of gets forgotten about it is that neither Kirk nor Uhura were particularly into it. It was just aliens using mind control for their own amusement. Just the space equivalent of going, now kiss. Now if you're sat there thinking, wait, what are you on about? This is just a kiss, why is that inappropriate? Then congratulations, you're not actual human vermin. You see, while Kirk and Uhura didn't really want to do it, William Shatner and Nichelle Nichols absolutely did. They were so adamant the show included the kiss, they sabotaged the studio's attempts to cut it out later. You see, the suits at NBC demanded that they shoot one version of the scene in which the pair just shared a friendly hug rather than a passionate embrace. Just in case they, you know, were a bit worried about offending actual racists. So to offset this, when filming the hug, Shatner looked right down the camera and went cross-eyed, rendering the take unusable. Still though, as well as all this, the actual mind control thing of forcing two people to kiss is a bit ropey. Number 6. The Dark Side of Captain Kirk, The Enemy Within Yeah, in my opinion, Star Trek the original series often feels more like watching a horror anthology than a science fiction show. And it didn't often get much darker than this one. In The Enemy Within, Kirk is split into two different versions of himself. One Kirk is gentle, timid and indecisive, while the other is aggressive, violent and all instinct. The idea being that all humans have a good side and a dark side, and the trick is knowing how to balance them out. I'm just gonna rattle through what happens here because it's absolutely horrific. Dark Kirk violently attacks Yeoman Rand, attempts to have sex with her, but thankfully is stopped by another crew member. After saying she doesn't want the captain to get into any trouble for it, Spock jokes that maybe she actually enjoyed it at the end of the episode. One of, if not the, worst things they have ever done in Star Trek. Number 5. The US Aliens Defeat the Space Commies, the Omega Glory Ah yes, Star Trek! Set in the latter half of the 23rd century, a time when human conflict and warfare is ancient history, the planet Earth is a shining example of a peaceful utopia, a time where all races, religions, creeds, beliefs and nationalities can coexist in perfect harmony. That is until the crew find themselves on a planet inhabited by two warring alien races, the Yangs and the Coms. Oh, yeah, yes, you're, you're already there, the Yanks and the Commies. The former, a race of freedom-loving, blonde, Caucasian men who worship the US Constitution and the American flag. 
and the latter all played by Asian actors wearing furry Russian hats and promoting communism. No plausible reason for why this happened is offered, they just mutter something about Hodgkin's law of parallel planetary development and get to work. Because although the Prime Directive does expressly forbid them from doing so, the Starfleet crew side with Cosmic Uncle Sam to stick it to the Space Reds. Just to recap, a time where all races, religions, creeds, beliefs and nationalities coexist in perfect harmony, except the ones that aren't American, then will phase you. Number 4. Chat-up lines on the bridge, where no man has gone before. Gary Mitchell here was, at one time, a lieutenant of the Enterprise and one of Kirk's Bessie Buds. After gaining phenomenal extrasensory perception powers, he goes mad with power and becomes a villain of the week, if I had a dollar. But even before that, the guy was, and I don't mind saying this, a dork. When introduced to Dr. Elizabeth Denner, one of Starfleet's top scientists and a leading expert in ESP, he hits her with the, improving the breed doctor is, uh, that your line? When she audibly cringes from how bad this is, he calls her a walking freezer unit instead. Literally the Starfleet equivalent of just muttering, didn't even, didn't even like a lot, she's, she's not my type. Then later on, while he's still in a big huff, he tells Kirk that with almost a hundred women on board, you can do better than that one. Yep, that is absolutely gross, but still not as bad as the original pilot where Captain Pike insists that women shouldn't be allowed on the bridge despite having one as a first officer. It was, it was a different time is I think the expression. Number three, the whole Nazi thing, patterns of force. Look right, this episode gets brought up a lot because a load of TV stations around the world were incredibly uncomfortable with airing it. Most asked for changes, some put it into a later slot, and Germany, they, well, they understandably didn't show it at all until the 90s. Don't get me wrong, while a load of TV shows have referenced or included the Nazis since the Second World War, including Enterprise for God's sake, virtually none of them were doing it in the 60s. And those that were usually weren't being broadcast in a light entertainment or children's TV adjacent slot. I mean, yeah, it's fine now, don't get me wrong, education about these things is incredibly important, but the casual way Star Trek approached it only 20 years after the end of the war raised a lot of eyebrows. Number two, the crew do not practice preventative measures in a viral outbreak, the naked time. <laughs> All right, so stop me when this one gets too real. A mysterious space virus that gets its carriers drunk and emotional is spreading across the galaxy. We get Sulu running around topless with a sword, Spock breaking down in tears when he discovers he has emotions, and Lieutenant Kevin Riley here talking over the intercom and singing old Irish folk ballads. All hilarious and all entirely predictable because not a single crew member takes a single step to prevent its spread. There's just so much face touching in this episode and nobody, not even once, washes their hands. There isn't a face mask or pair of sterile gloves for a thousand light years here. You just try watching this episode back now and not getting incredibly anxious because you can't. You just, you can't. It's horrible. Too real. Number one, Captain Pike's fantasy, the cage. When the original Enterprise captain, Christopher Pike, is captured by a group of alien zoologists, they examine the effects of their mind-bending illusions on him. They create an idyllic imaginary world for Pike to live in along with his ideal wife named Vina. She is timid, she is subservient, and she is frightened all the time because, and I quote, Pike made her that way. 
When this isn't enough for Pike, the aliens reach deeper into his mind to discover his true desires. They give him the life he really wanted, making him a space lord who spends his days lounging with his friends and watching Vina dance, who is now just apparently a green-skinned alien slave girl. One of Pike's friends, who also happens to be the creepiest looking man in the world, my god what is going on there, makes sure to let the audience know that Vina's entire race of alien slave girls actually just likes being taken advantage of. One more time for everybody at the back, this was apparently a kid show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.